What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If it's your first time coming to hang out, let me tell you what's going to go down so we can all be up on the episode. My name is Nick James, and we're going today to talk about Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. That's right, the show itself is the three topics in which we'll talk about. So in the Buds section, I pulled an article off of High Times that has to deal with the state that me and my guests are in today. In the bros section, my guest today is himself, a podcaster, and very good at it. We're going to have some podcasting tips and podcasting chat. And in the superhero section, we're going to talk about Batman. Normally on this show, we kind of pick one thing to talk about, one item of media, if you will, to kind of center it around. Today, we're just kind of going to go all Batman. I got Batman facts. We're going to talk about everything Batman, really. It's going to be a little bit different, but I promise it's going to be very fun. Today's guest, let me introduce, please. I met podcasting, like that's kind of crazy, professionally. Both of us doing it, getting paid to podcast, and that was really awesome for the Nepocene podcast. He was then on the radio, Alternatives host. You can tell us more about that, definitely in the pro section. Uh, I'm going to stop with all the to-dos. The host of the Popco Project, Popco himself, please, sir, thank you so much for coming and taking time and say hello. Thanks for having me, man. This is uh, exciting. Uh, last time you and I chatted, it actually was uh, you were hosting your own radio show. Oh, yeah, radio. Wilkes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so uh, it's good to see you again. Yeah, really. I can't believe it's been that long. It has, it's been a while, as I like to say around here. So <laughs> thank you again for coming and hanging out. It was great. I put out on Facebook. I was like, does anybody have a podcast slash interesting podcast? Like, hit me up. And I think if I really went back and looked, it was like two minutes, three minutes later, you on Facebook Messenger, Nick, this is me hitting you up. And I was like, all right, yeah, this is awesome. Okay, let's do this then. And you, we have the time now, and I really, I cannot say thank you enough for coming and hanging out and taking the time. And it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, well, thanks for rescheduling us the first time, because I kind of messed you up a little bit there, but uh, we worked it out. Yeah, it's going to be great, though, man. I can't wait to talk about fucking Batman a lot, too. Yeah. I'm always down for Batman talk. Good. Good. But we will start the show the way that we always do, which is inside the bud section. So the bud section is for travelers of the green. We have talked about this in the past before. You're going to see if you like, how do you, I'm just going to start off right away. How do you feel about traveling the green, sir? Uh, I'm not good at it. Dude! Oh my god, thank you. I didn't want to set you up specifically, <laughs> but the way I wanted to introduce you was the person who has said my favorite thing in regarding of traveling the green of themselves, uh, oh, is, I'm not good at it, and I've never heard that answer before, so I was, thank you. That was awesome yeah. that you answered it that way. Yeah, I'm not good at it. I mean, I'm a huge uh, supporter and advocate for the uh, legalization recreationally. Um, I wish I was good at it. Uh, maybe I just need to do it more often. Maybe that's, maybe that's what happens. But uh, we'll get into that. But um, maybe I also need to just kind of uh, partake in that by itself and not accompanied by uh, other uh, mind-altering substances. Uh, nothing crazy, just beer. I like beer. And, uh, typically whenever I, you know, had it, I was also, uh, had a few beers and it just, uh, I'm not good at it. I love that <laughs> answer so much. I'm not good at it. Um, but you know, kind of what we talk about here a lot specifically is the talk right now of it being a medicine and in the fact that you can go and you can talk to a pharmacist if you choose, of course, it's everybody's own personal experience that wants them. But yeah, you can go and kind of figure out a plan if you want. And the topic that we're going to talk about today in the High Times 
article that I pulled here. Uh, Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman sees legal cannabis as a common sense component for America. And then the under little thing is basically the same sentence, but it says Pennsylvania's Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman has spoken out about cannabis legalization from the start. I'm not going to we're not going to go through the entire thing point for point, but I do have a few things that I did want to pull out from it. First being is, had you do you know what a fucking lieutenant governor is? I don't. But uh, I mean, if that man uh, looks like he is a lieutenant governor, I guess. Uh, actually, he you know, when you think about government and things like that, he's actually the opposite of of the typical, I think, you know suit and tie and all that kind of stuff um he looks badass and if he hears this i've i've extended an invitation to uh, uh have him as a guest on my podcast uh he has not responded <laughs> so yeah if he hears this definitely jump on over to that that would be awesome i would love to hear that because you're right he definitely does not fit the quote-unquote standard of what you would it does in fact in this article specifically point out that he is six eight and i'm like that's a big dude. Like that's like the mountain kind of range. Game of Thrones, like that's that's big. Yeah, big dude, shaved head, tattoos. I believe, if I'm uh, not it mistaken, it in the article, but it doesn't show any. So none on his neck, face, or hands. So take that as you will. That's fine. I mean, you gotta you gotta be able to hide if you need to. I guess, right? Oh yeah, totally. I'm just saying, like, it's not like he's got one of those teardrops right there or anything. Yeah, he hasn't been in prison. <laughs> he's nope. giant, though, and he's kind of pushing this entire thing of, like, of course it's the next step. Um, oh, man, I didn't answer my own question. Sorry about that. He's he's basically vice governor. If something happens to the governor, in most cases, he'd become the governor, and he's he's basically vice governor is what that means. There we go. Let's rename it. Vice Governor John Fetterman. It would make a lot more sense. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, too. <laughs> Something in the article that I liked pointing out is that he calls cannabis, specifically says weed. And some people have been like, hey, stop saying weed. We don't like the connotation of that. And he's like, nah, we just got to say it and make it part of the conversation and open it up a little bit. It just got me wondering, like, what did you call it growing up? It's one of my favorite questions to ask because I like the the variety of answers. I think uh, I called it pot, um, pot or weed. Uh, I want to call. I want to say I more often than not referenced it as as pot. But I mean, I grew up in the the uh, the time when um you know they showed you commercials for you know this is your brain on drugs with the eggs in a frying pan. So I was very uh, against weed. So do you personally think that one has a more derogatory term than the other? I don't think so. I think in my older age, uh, I would, you know, call it marijuana. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I, I do call it that, I guess. I, I think, um, if you're asking, you know, what's a derogatory, uh, term and, and for no reason at all, but like reefer, that just sounds like, I don't know, it sounds weird. Um, I think they also called it chronic, uh, at one point or something. I, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I think a reefer to me, just, it just sounds weird. But I mean, as far as derogatory, I don't really see a word that, you know, fits that description specifically. 
Yeah, and I kind of like what he's doing with the no. I'm going to call it what I call it because it's it's there is no kind of wrong word for it, if you will. And I'm going to keep calling it weed. And I found that super interesting that he's like, no, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Thank you, though. And of course, he's going to look back at him and be like, no, I don't think you heard what I said because he'd just stand up and I'd shit my pants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you do what you want, sir. Yeah, exactly. Another fun fact that I pulled out of this that I thought was great. Like, I knew that we were making money, of course. You know, every time I go to my local place, there is a line. I'm not sure if I've ever just walked up and walked in, depending on the dispensary that I've been to. And sometimes they can run out altogether and shit. But uh, it says here in this, over the past 13 months, we've generated nine, $910.3 million in cannabis sales, which is fucking crazy if you think about it. Well, and that's why I've been so outspoken about, you know, the legalization. I know it's obviously medical. We're good there. But as far as the uh, the amount of money we've made on, uh, you know, medical marijuana, I've been a big advocate for, you know, recreational because I'm, I, you know, we both live in Pennsylvania and I feel like, you know, our state can benefit from the tax revenue from it, uh, you know, help our schools out and help our uh, you know, homeless and, and everything. Like there's a lot of places that that money can go. And what's frustrating more is the fact that there's states around us that have, uh, uh, legalized it that way. And I don't know, I kind of feel like it loses its luster almost. And that's also what this guy's talking about happening as well in terms of why wouldn't we do this when most of us are just a few miles away of driving to either New York or New Jersey where it's going to be. And it might as well just, yeah, why why are we waiting to pull the trigger on this is something I, I think I personally, I think it's they're waiting for the federal level. Yeah, I mean, I remember Wolf, I think it was 2014, saying he just wanted to kind of sit back and wait and see what uh, states like Colorado did and how they handled it. But at that time, they were flourishing. I think their state actually had one day a year, if not more where they'd have a tax-free day where you encourage to go out and, you know, purchase items. And, you know, it was, it was a free, free day of, you know, taxes, so to speak. And I'm just, I was just tired of like him like, oh, well, let's just wait and see. Let's just wait and see. Let's continue to be behind the times. Let's continue to be the, the butt of that joke in Pennsylvania that we always continue to be and that we're, you know, 10 years behind the, the rest of the world. And it's just like, can we be first something for once? Like, you know, how, how about we, you know, how about we not we stop patting ourselves in the back for, uh, you know, our, our heroin problem? Not, not not that we're patting ourselves in the back. You know what I'm saying? But it's just frustrating. It just it's just really frustrating to see. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to happen eventually. But you know, again, just late to the game. Yeah, especially when that nine ten could be. How much do you think? Another a hundred percent on top of that if it goes to. What's it called? A recreational? Like a hundred percent more people show up? That, I, I think so. Insane. I think so as well. Like, why not get into that and fix some of these fucking roads? I know that that's what probably a hundred percent. I'm willing to bet that a hundred percent of podcasters in every state complain about their roads. But everybody, we really need to get some roads done, especially around here. I find it quite bad. It's it's pretty insane, actually. Well, the problem is, Nick. Um Pennsylvania is also, I, I, I feel, this is my opinion, I'm, I'm entitled to that, right? Um, 
it's a corrupt state. <laughs> and I feel like the tax revenue from that would find its way into someone's pocket um, and it wouldn't go to the places it should or needs to go. Um, I hope that's not the case if it ever happens. But, you know, it, it's it's hard to be uh, positive sometimes when you see so much um, corruption and negativity and, you know, just things not being addressed the way they should be. And it'll especially help out clean the legal system out a little bit, too. This is a number that I couldn't believe. I really honestly couldn't believe this. So more than 20,000 people were arrested for cannabis offenses during the pandemic. <laughs> like, that was crazy. When I was reading that, I was thinking from the year blank to blank, like I was thinking it was going to be at least five years. I don't know. From 2016 to 2021. But no, it was just during the pandemic. 20,000 people, that's fucking crazy. And I, they're not all incarcerated, they, you know, but still, somebody had to go and put them into the system and fingerprint them and shit. It all went into taxpayer time and all that shit, right? Yeah, man. It's a, it's a business, too, at that point. Like, it, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I wish I had all the answers. I don't want to sit here like, you know, sounding like I know how to fix the world's problems because I do not. But I mean, I think there are people who can and should and we'll have to wait and see. Cause I, yeah, yeah. Those small and those small offenses too, like, you know, leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I started a campaign. Well, not really, but um, I said uh, we should start a campaign. You, you mentioned uh, potholes in the roads, pot for potholes. What do you think that's going to, well, go ahead. I'm down. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna start a campaign, uh, and create a, a campaign. You know, t-shirts and pot for potholes. Legalize pot to fix the potholes. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Sorry. Pot yeah. No. Potholes. I will. I will buy the first t-shirt, and then I'll <laughs> buy the second t-shirt too, because so I can wear them every other day and clean there one while I wear the other one. Because <laughs> that's fucking amazing. That yeah. would totally work. Just to kind of finish up with this guy too, and just how awesome and badass he is. He quotes to kind of end this. This isn't controversial. Canada, the whole country has legalized and somehow they managed to keep doing pretty darn well. They haven't descended into anarchy, you know, I'm just like, what a good fucking point. Yeah. I mean, it, it's there's still people that I that I know who think that people are going to become like pot addicts. Um, and if they've read any kind of research or any kind of study, like pot is not addictive. I don't think there's any ever been an overdose of marijuana. <laughs> Never. No. Uh, you know, there's not people like out in the streets, um, you know, scratching their face and their arms because they're jonesing for, you know, some pot or marijuana or whatever you want to call it. Doesn't happen. So I don't know what everyone's afraid of. Yeah, really. What what is it? I think it's just the loss of revenue, a loss of things coming in and just having to socially accept it and say, no, this is what it is. But but we were brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. We were brainwashed forever, forever. Were you shown reefer madness in school? I don't remember. I, I remember um, just the commercials on TV. It was, you know, the cracking the eggs into the frying pan and this, this, this is your brain on drugs. And it was like. Oh shit, like, I don't want that. I don't want my brain to be fried. Like, as a kid, like, that's what you see and that's what you kind of just, uh, compare it to. And I was, I, I was straight edge for a long time. It wasn't until I actually was dating a girl 
And um, not that I was ever the kind of guy who was like, oh, you can't do this or you can't do that. But I was very like, I didn't drink and I didn't smoke pot. Um, and I didn't want, uh, you know, my girlfriend to to kind of be in that lifestyle either because I was I was on, you know, I, I came from like that's bad for you. And she broke up with me. And, uh, that may have had something to do with it, like just because I was like anti weed. Um, but that's when I did it for the first time. I was like, you know, wh- what what's what's so great about this drug uh, that you'd want to throw away, you know, a relationship over? So that's why I actually, you know, partook for the first time ever it was because of that. But yeah, I mean, I, I grew up with, you know, oh, pot's bad. Drugs are bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I my one that I grew up with was the deflated girl in the chair. Okay. Do you remember that one? Yep. Yep. And she's just then like she can't hear you. She just sits there all day. <laughs> and then my favorite is Family Guy kind of riffed on it, and Stewie is the one narrating it. And at the very end, he goes, "Huh, I got a bit of a contact high." And then he deflates. And he's like, "Oh, I'm all fucked up too now." <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how, you know, they and the government spent a lot of money in those ad campaigns and um I should probably know more about the history of it than I do and I forget was it was it Nixon who was kind of like but didn't they like say like like I forget they kind of like painted a picture where like these people who smoked pot would like rape women and and things like that and I don't know. I could be very wrong. Maybe I'm high right now. I don't know. <laughs> is it a contact high through the Skype meet, do you think? I mean, I don't know what you're doing right now, but again, I'm not good at it, so I'm going to stick to my uh my beer. It but, but and I didn't do this on purpose. This is actually a complete accident. Uh this is a Sierra Nevada and it's a Dankful IPA. Very nice. Yeah. I, I did not do that on purpose. I just saw it now I'm like, wow, that this is perfect. It was it meant is. to be. One time we went over here. Did you know that the marijuana and hop plants are actually cousins? Okay. That makes sense. When you look at them, it really does yeah. have a very distinct kind of like, hey, look at that. Were you the producer on the NEPA scene podcast when we had the, um, it was uh, by New Belgium, um, the Hemperer. Was, it was the name of the beer was called the Hemperer. And I popped the top of that, and it smelled exactly like weed. Like, it, I could not believe how much it smelled like weed. And, I mean, hops and, and, and weed do tend to, to smell very similar. Yeah, so it makes total sense, but the, yep. they are cousins. The Hemperor, what a great name. Anyway, sorry for that small little tangent. <laughs> That's what we do here. That's what we're doing. Uh, in the bud section, I usually also like to bring up what I'm smoking. So I did just recently go and grab an eighth of Franklin Labs Honey Badger Haze. And yeah, this one too. If, if ever it comes to the fact where a camera could give you a smell, you'd be able to smell this now that I opened it. It's pretty pungent. There you go. Did you get any of that? I did. I, I think weed has an incredible smell. I mean, again, you, you grow up and you hear, you, you smell skunks and it's like, oh, the turnoff. And then you get older and you smell weed and like, oh, that is glorious. It really, I, yes, I can appreciate that notion absolutely 100% because I couldn't agree more. It is, it is amazing. 
one of the things I learned here in Pennsylvania. So if you go to states where it's recreational legal, you can go to a like a counter and they'll be like, oh, here and pop the top and be like, oh, smell. And we can't do that here because of something to do with the FDA or something of that sort. So I miss that. I miss trying to go in and smell something before I bought it. But it also leads to a fun surprise, kind of like a a wonder <laughs> ball almost like, you know, what's inside? I don't know. But Well, that's what I thought was so cool. My my first experience with, um you know, legalized recreational weed was in Colorado, 2014. And you go to these places called dispensaries. And my buddy lived out there. We were there for his bachelor party. And I just thought it was really cool because you, you walk in and, you know, the guy behind the counter, you know, is knowledgeable in what the strain can do. And it's like it was neat because they have all these names and different styles. You know, they got the indica, the, the sativa. And he was saying, like, oh, well, if you guys don't want to melt into your couch tonight, avoid this. But if you guys want to kind of, like, you know, stay level but kind of, like, you know, feel good, like, have this. Like, so the idea that, you know, there's people that are knowledgeable in the effects that, you know, this plant has. um, And it can take you to places that you want to go. uh, I think is really, really interesting. You know, and you're not, you know, trying to score an eighth. From, you know, some some loser in a back alley uh, that, you know, had maybe filled it with oregano or whatever it might be like. It's a culture. It's an experience. It's it's uh, a, a tax revenue. It's a it's a lot of different things. And it can be very um, what's the word? Just uh, cool to experience. That's what I love about the medical process so far. We have had some limits, but like you said, in terms of people that can help you out and boards and different things and help, that's all that's there. So I'm really excited to see the next step of getting us recreationally legal and then getting us federally legal and just everybody being like, it's weed. It's legal. Let's put that to bed and end this bullshit. Yeah, but did you see um, there was and this is not a good. There's probably more to the story, but recently, I think, and I think it was locally here in, uh, in PA, um, maybe even local to our area. It was a car crash, a deadly car crash. And I guess the driver, um, I wish I had a fact checker to, uh, check this out. So I'm not speaking like an idiot, but I guess the driver was, was high. Now she was also 81 years old, I believe. Um, it seems strange to me, the whole thing, but, um, that's the first time I've heard like that kind of scenario. But I mean, at least around here. Yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that article as well. It does sound a little bit strange. So we yeah. always say here as well, don't do that. You know, handle your high and definitely don't drive a car until you know you can. It's like anything else. Go. Yeah, exactly. Fucking I. Don't drink and drive. Don't uh, smoke and drive. Don't pop pills and drive. Don't, don't drive you- intoxicated. End of story. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's a great way to close on out of this bud section. And with that, we can head into the bro section. What are you drinking? Dr. Pepper. Oh, okay. Yeah. So inside this bro section today, I kind of teased at our opening that you yourself, we met through podcasting. You yourself are a podcast host, and I wanted to go through some podcasting stuff. If I had a quarter for every time I said podcast this episode, we'd be sponsored. But I I promise not to try to say it too many more times. Do you want to talk about the podcast that met us? 
That met us? No, that was a weird sentence, but that I think introduced you know us. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Introduced nice us. Words. See, I told you he was a professional guy. It's not just floundering around. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I can barely speak. But uh, yeah, so we were uh, introduced uh, as part of the NAPA Scene podcast, which uh, the NAPA Scene is an online publication run by the talented Rich Howells. Um, and it's just basically a, an online entertainment source for things that are going on in and around our area. Um, and Rich was the editor for a publication called The Weekender when I was the general manager there. He left there, started his own thing, asked me if I wanted to be a part of the NAPA scene podcast. And the rest is history. That's, um, you know, we, uh, were fortunate where we, um, it was, uh, filmed and recorded at, uh, the Cole Creative Offices in downtown Wilkesbury. And our friend and the, the gentleman we're talking to, uh, Nick James, was our producer and uh, young man in college, you know, learning the ropes. And he was the man behind the scenes, making sure we sounded the best we could. And um, that's how we met. That was a fun thing to really get into, first of all. Like it was our first off kind of doing anything for anybody where they're like, you're going to touch these buttons. And I was like, OK. And you guys had an opening and then multiple cameras. So I got to call and take shots, multiple microphones. Like it was legit. It was legit, legit, first of all. And then it was just, it was one of the funnest things of just like, all right, this is fucking cool. It introduced me to a lot of different technologies, a lot of things that I've incorporated to. I did some online shows too, Nick's Nerd News, where I did kind of, you know, read the news of nerd shit if the name didn't fucking spell that shit out. And used a lot of that, and even some of the tricks that I learned there are right in front of you here. And that was one of the coolest things to get into, yeah. And it was right down the road from college as well. So I'd get out of class, uh, come down there and do it. And I met a lot of cool people, got introduced to a lot of cool music. A shout out, still listen to SenderQuest almost every day. Fucking what a great band. What a great band. What it a great really band. Is. I really love them. So let's go listen to them too out there. And then, now, if you could please talk about your current podcast. Plug that up. Yeah, so um, the podcast that I have now is called The Popco Project. Um, it kind of... So, I've been podcasting for, I mean, since 2017 when I started with Rich, uh, March of that year. And um, I had a radio show, as you mentioned earlier. It was called Alt Natives on Alt 921. And what that was was, uh, an hour's worth of local music to our area on a uh, local radio station, which was pretty neat because, you know, for a radio station, um, to offer the airtime to play, you know, local music, it's a pretty big deal. Now it was a Saturday night at nine o'clock. So it wasn't like a, you know, you know, the, the radio, the drive time, you know, it's, uh, six to eight or, or, you know, four to six and, and things like that. But, you know, it was still an hour of, um, you know, exposure for local artists. And I did that for about three years. And I also, in conjunction with the radio show, I started a podcast called Alt Natives After Hours. Because what I wanted to do was I wanted to use, you know, instead of just having that hour a week on the radio, I wanted to have a space where I could talk to bands, uh, at, you know, at length. 
about who they are, where they came from, what they do, why they do what they do, and kind of get more of a better idea of who they were as, as people, you know, because like you can do a radio interview, but it's that, it's that two minute cookie cutter bullshit. It's, you know, how did you get your name? Okay. You have a, a, a record coming out soon. When is that? Oh, you have a show to support that. When is that going to be that boring shit that no one, I mean, people care about it, but it didn't give me an idea of who that band was. So I started the podcast as an extension of the the radio show, and it was it was twofold. It was an opportunity to you know give the bands more exposure, and it also kind of extended the life of what Alt Natives was outside of the the one hour a week. Plus, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I am a huge fan of Joe Rogan, and I wanted to have a podcast, so I kind of just forced my way into it. Um, and I had stopped doing the, the show with Rich, um, for, for no particular reason, but I, I wanted to have a space to continue kind of having that, that life and, 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 uh, so I started the podcast there. But, uh, November of 2020, that radio station that was, uh, home of Alt Natives, which was called Alt 921, decided to change formats. And for two months, they played uh, 24 hours of Christmas music. Let me repeat that. <laughs> Starting on November 1st, they decided to play 24 hours a day, seven days a week of Christmas music. So two months worth of Christmas music. Now that was also um, strategically done because they wanted to change the format of the station. So they were able to use that as time to prepare for the launch of the rebrand. Uh, so I understand that again, I'm uh, not a fan of Christmas music for more than a week. So to have it for two months on the station I once loved was very, uh, it was a hard pill to swallow. So, at that point, I was left without a radio show. I was left with uh, really uh, just a, a void for me. And it's funny, and if I'm talking too long, I apologize. But, you know, when that when that show ended, I knew I wanted to do something else. I, I knew I wanted to continue providing a platform for the local musicians. My cat is in my face meowing, so stop that. But in the same sense, I realized that I feel like I, I think I needed the scene more than the scene needed me. I, I felt I felt empty. Like I felt like I mean, that hour of the week was like my favorite hour of the work week that I did not get paid for. So I was like, how can I continue to, you know, do something to support these artists? That's not good. Can't decide that you wanted to play with a light bulb. If that goes on the floor, that's going to break. <laughs> Sorry. So I wanted to continue to have a place for, uh, you know, support of these local artists because before I started the radio show, there were tons of bands that weren't, because, so I should back up. There was another local station, um, playing local musicians and he had been doing it for maybe 15 to 20 years, but there were, artists that were not given the light of day. There was 
the Sen requests, the Gus the Savages, the uh, S Dakotas, um, who else? Um, a Fire with Friends, Amanda Rogan, um, Maine the Medicine, probably 30 to 40 bands that would never have been given the light of day. And I'm confident and I'm proud of the fact that I created something and gave them a platform to, to, you know, be featured on the radio and have their music, you know, exposed to people. But again, uh, going back to the podcast, I was like, okay, now I have no radio show. I have the, you know, the thing I love the most was taken from me. How do I, how do I continue to be, um, a platform for these, these artists? So I started my own podcast. I started the Popco project and I launched it with a campaign, um, called, uh, shirts for the scene, which was, um, uh, a local kind of fundraiser for bands. I gathered over a hundred different, um, band logos and put them on t-shirts and we sold them in conjunction uh, with Axelrad screen printing and Wilkesbury. And, uh, we raised over $8,000, uh, that went back to the artist. So like, Nick, if you had a shirt, if you were, let's say you were in like, uh, Nick in the, the, Nick in the, uh, IPAs, let's say that, uh, you know, and I bought your shirt, um, the proceeds from the shirt would go back to you. So we raised eight, eight, over $8,000 that went back to the local music community. And, uh, I'm really proud of that too. Um, but that was, uh, just a kind of a launching pad for the Popco project and, and, you know, continuing to, you know, do interviews for, you know, with these bands. And, and if they have a, a, a CD coming out, they can, you know, we can sit down for an hour or whatever and talk about that. But also again, who they are and what they do and why they do what they do and maybe some struggles that they may have, uh, you know, gone through to get to where they are and, and things like that. But, you know, the podcast is, um, music focused. I, w- I want to say 80% of it is for, you know, music, but the other 20% is, um, you know, just talking to cool people doing cool things, uh, you know, people doing things to benefit our area to, um, they're, who are doing cool things like, you know, like, like a chef or a barber or a tattoo artist or anyone trying to make a difference and, and make our lives here in our area, um, better than, uh, where they, they, they found it. I tugged my beard there for that mention of that beard guy too. That was, that was a good episode. I like that one. What was his oh, name? Oh yeah. Uh, Paul. Paul. Yeah. He actually just sent me a, a beard, a beard package today. I didn't open it yet. Ooh. Um, but yeah. So, uh, if anyone's out there listening, they need they need uh, some beard care. Uh, Bluebeard's original, um, bluebeardsoriginal dot com. Uh, he he was, uh, you know this, but if anyone listen, um, he was like back. He started back in 05. so he was before the 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 beard craze, and uh, he's been pushing since. And um, if you like what you see there, you can use the uh, code word popko p o p k o and get fifteen percent off your order. I like that. Yeah. Did you know like the championships are coming here? Yes, did I you did. Talk about that there, I don't remember. I'm no, sorry. no. So I, I forgot right? to bring yeah. it up. So I, it's funny too. I, I wanted to, I talked to him and I wanted to do a, a an online NEPA's best beard uh, contest, and I might still do it. And I forgot about that thing that that's coming. Uh, but that's like a beard and mustache thing, and it's like it's actually like a a uh, physical, you know, thing that you have to go to. So maybe I'll still do the online, you know, NEPA's best beard thing, but 
because I wanted to do like I got a, I got a few prizes lined up as as far as you know the you know what the winner could to win. But um, yeah, I, I started planning that and I saw that I'm like shit. And that, is that going to look like I'm you know trying to piggyback on that or I don't know. We'll see. A, I want to join and compete. B, it's the 2021 um, Honest Amish National Beard and Mustache Championship. Yep. So September 10th and 11th in Scranton, if anybody wants to know. Now, believe it or not, I printed out. I'm actually a member. Like, you can go to their website and join Beard Team USA and print something out. And I couldn't laminate it because I don't have a laminator, so I taped it. <laughs> And there it's in my wallet as a grown adult, I swear to fucking God. I might go. You're I might go. Why not? What else are you going to do? Well, exactly. What the fuck else am I going to do? I don't know. <laughs> so I have a few questions here. You know, I definitely enjoyed your spirit in this telling of your, your origin story, really, which was really super awesome and on brand. Like, it was like a comic book story. Like, the whole time I was thinking about it, I was like, this is awesome origin story stuff, bro. Anyway. I liked that you were like, I wanted a podcast. So I forced myself into it, you know, or forced it upon the world. I wanted it. I made it. And now it's here. I fucking like that type of attitude, bro. Like, I really enjoy that. And I like hearing that. That's how I feel kind of the same about this, though. I love Joe Rogan. You know, my kind of guy was Kevin Smith, believe it or not. And just kind of like, he has one. I want to do one. He's telling people to do it. Just fucking do it and shit. Yep. So I definitely appeal and definitely. Well, we're on the same wavelength as that. I like I like that. So, what episode are you on now? Of my podcast? Yes, sir. Um, I have I think I have forty six that are uh, released, you know, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the all the all the uh, the main places. Um, uh, but. I mean, I had 42 episodes of uh, Alt Natives After Hours recorded before that got canceled. And um, I had over 100 with Rich at NEPA scene. So I've, I've had, I probably have over close to 200 under my, my belt. That's impressive. That's, but that's yeah, a lot for, of fucking episodes. Yeah, answer your question for the Popco Project uh, 46. And I have like two recorded that are uh, ready to go as well. Fucking cat, man. <laughs> That's why, honestly, sir, it's why I don't fuck with them. Like, I find cats cute for the most part. It really depends because there are some cats that like are scary cats. Mostly the ones with the giant eyebrows or like just the weird eyes that are just. I don't fuck <laughs> with those. But like, my sister has a cat. His name is Colby. I like that cat. But the fact that like they get up on stuff and try to fuck with stuff, I'm just like that. Like, it's stop it. I can't deal with that. Yeah, for anyone listening, I'm sorry. I, I I was replacing light bulbs, so I had a loose light bulb that I didn't get to throw away yet, and then I had a package of light bulbs. And this asshole cat is trying to knock all of them off the uh, the bar that's uh, that I'm I'm sitting at here. So it's like, dude, chill the fuck out. What's its name? Oh, this cat's name is Mooch. That's um, a great name. Yeah, we uh we rescued her from outside. It was one of the coldest winters. We had a long time back in 2015 and she was coming up to the, like on our back deck. And my, of course my wife eventually started putting food out and then we put like a, a styrofoam, uh, cooler with a blanket. Cause we, we don't want to freeze. Uh, and eventually it made contact. And then I remember I'm like, no, we're not bringing the cat in because we have a cat and it's diabetic. And it's enough 
there's enough problems there. We're not bringing a cat in. But the cat, once it made contact, it sat outside the sliding glass door. And as it was meowing, like little puffs of air, like cold air, were coming out of its mouth. And, I mean... It's some I shit be, out of Dickens, bro. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I could be an asshole, but I'm not. Like, I'm not a true, true asshole, and that that broke my heart. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess bring it in. Here we are. If something could put a cat in this house, it would be that same image of it just yeah. meow and just watching the meow. Yes, it reminds me of a cartoon too. Like the meow would freeze as it kind of came out of its mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking so, funny. That's that's where I am now. I still have a diabetic cat. Actually just celebrated his 17th birthday. He's been diabetic for nine of them. And my vet has no idea how this cat is still alive after being diabetic for nine of them. Uh, but again, um, here we are. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Insulin shots twice a day. Uh, that's expensive. Uh, <laughs> And inconvenient. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have cats because uh, cats are uh, pretty independent. You know, you put food and water out, they shit in a box, you clean it twice a day, no big deal, right? Unless your cat is diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> so then, when you leave, if you want to go on vacation, like, I don't care if it's you know four days. Now you got to pay. I pay someone to come and give it insulin in the morning and in the evening. So not only does my vacation cost money to travel to, you know, hotel rooms or whatever it might be that I'm doing, I have an added expense to make sure this cat gets its insulin. Do I want to know how it gets its insulin? Just syringes. Yeah. Okay. Hey, dude, some cats get suppositories, and then I was wondering how much you had to pay somebody to put insulin up a cat mm, ass. And no, no, that's no. That's where I was trying to go there. Yeah, it was funny because at first it was a a challenge for sure. It was even like a challenge. Like like he would hear like, you know, taking the cap off of the syringe and correlate (laughs) that with, you know, a needle being snuck in the back of my neck. But I think it got to the point where he understood that like he needed it because he he, like if I forgot, because like initially when it was first happened, I would forget that, you know, I had to administer this this uh, insulin. And he got to the point where he'd like come over and kind of like sit down and just stare at me like, bro, are you, you going to do the thing? Because uh, <laughs> I'm kind of crashing here. So it's smart. We have to put some uh, rub on him every now and then under his arms just because he gets all, I don't know, what's the word? Allergeny. Jesus, okay. I'm just fucking zero for zero in terms of pulling words up today. You wouldn't think that I knew big words. Fuck me. Anyway, he hears that. From the cap, and he's off, dude. He's not having that shit. So lastly, to finish on up here in this bro section, I was wondering if you had any advice out there. This this right now is somebody's first podcast that they're listening to, or maybe they're billionth, and they're like, huh, maybe I should start a podcast. What would you say? What would you tell them is the first step to do it? Just do it. Do it, man. Like, you know, you can go out and buy uh, a, a silly, like, little, I mean, it, it's not it's not hard to get into. So, um, but I mean, if you want to, if you wanted to make it sound good, which I have my own issues with that, and I'm working on it. But um, you, you can start with a small little microphone. I think Walmart you can buy it for uh, like 25 bucks. And I don't know how well it works, but uh, it's it's a great starting point. I think this Yeti that I'm using here was like 95 dollars, and, it, and it's it, it serves its purpose for what I what, what I you know do right now. Um, you've got a nice setup there with, with what you got going on, but it's, um, 
there, there's no, there's no one stopping you from doing it except for yourself. There's literally no one. No one is saying like, oh, Nick James, you can't start a podcast because X, Y, Z. Literally no one. Like, I'm a perfect example. I can barely speak, um, you know, face to face with people. I mumble my words a lot. Uh, I have no business having a podcast. I have no, no business being on the radio, but like, I'm doing it. Uh, hopefully I'm getting better as the, the years go on. And, um, if for nothing else, you, you, you just do it for you. I mean, listen, we're not going to be the next Joe Rogan. I mean, he's a uh, one in a million. Um, but you can definitely create something that you're passionate about. Like, you know, you can even like, you don't even need to interview guests. You can just talk to yourself if you wanted to. Um, there's no, there's no limitations on submitting it to, the streaming platforms, um, you can do it. It's, it's, there's a million podcasts and if you're passionate about it, if you, if you come across as genuine and, um, you know, that you, that you love doing it, I think people will react to that and, uh, appreciate at least that, if nothing else that, Hey, you know, this person took the risk, they took the, the chance and they're doing what they want to do and you can't fault them for that. Fun, great words of wisdom inside that bro section. Thanks so much for going through your origin story and podcasting, dropping some great podcasting knowledge. But we are going to head on out of this bro section and go into the superhero section where it's all about the bat, people. (laughs) I love me some Batman. Like, first, I'm going to start this off with a little bit of knowledge. Just in case anybody doesn't know who Batman is, like, I I don't know if I need to do this, but we're going to anyway. Batman is a fictional character that was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. When I read this article, I was so happy Bill Finger was involved or was mentioned in it. I'll tell you why in a second. First appearing in DC Comics, Detective Comics. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. 27 in May 1939, his alter ego, Bruce Wayne, an American philanthropist, billionaire, and ladies' man who owns Wayne Enterprises, witnessed his parents being murdered when he was only a child. And as a result, he swore to get revenge on the criminals while taking an oath of maintaining a sense of justice. He reigns to become Batman, mentally and physically. And with the help of his butler, Alfred, and sidekick, Robin, and the police commissioner, Jim Gordon, he pursues criminals and brings them to justice. Again, I don't know if people don't know who the fuck Batman is, but that was a very small little lowdown on on him. What was your introduction to Batman? So I remember as a young child watching the old Batman, uh, Adam West Batman. But what really, you know, took it to the next level for me was the 1989 film Batman with, uh, Michael Keaton. I remember, so I was seven at the time when it came out and I remember, well, probably seven because it came out in the theaters. And then I remember, um, you know, my parents going to the local video store. Now I, I grew up in the country, so we had one video store and, you know, there may have been 15 copies of, you know, the popular releases. I don't remember, but, um, you know, my parents were you know, asked, you know, what movie we wanted to see or not we, cause my brother at the time was probably two, but, um, what movie we wanted for the Friday night movie. And, uh, I wanted to see Batman. And I remember they came home and they said, Oh, we thought 
this would have been better. And they said they got some different movie. I forget what it was. And I lost it. Like, I was like devastated. I'm like, how could, like, why would you do that? Like, I, I wanted to see Batman. Why, like, why did you think, like, what? A, I remember being crushed. But my parents, being the cool parents that they were, they were joking with me. And they actually got Batman. I remember that being like one of the, the highlights of my childhood was, you know, being duped. But then my parents coming through and actually getting to me the movie I wanted to see so badly. Um, and you know, looking back on it, now I was, I was seven years old. Is that a good movie for a seven year old to be watching? I don't know, but whatever. Personally, I'd let a seven year old watch Batman. I would not let a seven year old watch Batman Returns. I would wait for that one. Only because yeah. Danny DeVito gets a little gross in that. <laughs> he was. Well, I mean, the, the follow up to that, I mean, Batman Returns, uh, three years later. Um, so at that point I was 10 and I don't remember, like, I don't know at what age, uh, little boys, um, you know, begin to get excited by women. Um, but I remember seeing Michelle Pfeiffer in that Catwoman outfit and being very impressed. <laughs> oh yeah. For me, I can fully say it was 410. Kimberly Hart, AKA Amy Jo Johnson, the pink ranger. She was my first ever crush, and that was well before fucking 10, so yeah. you're good in that area of like, yeah, I probably saw that too. I was like, this is why I want to watch it. <laughs> but I specifically remember my folks weren't as cool about either of them, because by the time I was really able to pick and watch movies, Forever and and Robin, so Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, were available. So when you look at like the four choices and a little kid who's seven or eight, they went, I I watched Batman Forever to death, sir. I watched that one so many times you have no idea. So I didn't start watching the older ones until I was older. Yeah. Yeah, those, uh, the Batman and Robin and the one also around the same time, um, the Batman Forever, he said. That's when it kind of got a little weird. It got a little goofy. You know, George Clooney, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Iceman, I think it was, or Mr. Freeze, rather. Uh, they got weird at, at that moment, but then they, I feel like they kind of redeemed themselves when, uh, Christian Bale started with that series. I really enjoyed, um, those three movies he was in. I think it was three, right? Um, and I, I really haven't gotten into them, uh, after that. I, I didn't get into the Batman vs. Superman. Um, I am excited for the new one coming out, uh, I guess what, next year, I guess it is now. Uh, with that guy from, uh, what's Batman. Yes, I actually, yeah, I'm kind Robert of excited Pattinson for that. As yes. Batman, yes. Yeah. I'm, uh, dude, that, that trailer that we got, we did get one trailer. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not going to yeah. say for or against because that trailer is fucking dope. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'll I'll <laughs> definitely check that out. But yeah, I mean, I just remember yeah Michael Keaton and and yeah Jack Nicholson as a Joker. Um, Danny DeVito was legendary as the Penguin. And I guess we we mentioned Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> Now, at that time, were you into the Batman the Animated Series? I'm trying to gauge how old you were by doing the no, math of the hinge you dropped and couldn't do it. I never got into the the cartoon stuff. I never got into comic books. I, I don't I don't know why. I just um, never did. Um, 
and even going into like the 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 Batman versus Superman, like it, the stuff just gets for me, it just gets too. I call it spacey or too just too like I don't know. It just I, I can't say unrealistic because I mean the whole premise itself is unrealistic, right? It's a man dressed as a bat. But um there's yeah. a line between fantasy and sci fi and they, they fuck with that line a lot. Yeah, I just I'm trying to just, hear maybe. Yeah, that's, see that's that for sure. Thank you. thank you. Yeah, that 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 uh helps explain it a little bit better than I can. Because I totally see that from BBS and even Man of Steel where they really push into the sci-fi element of it rather than just like, he's a strong guy. Let's not worry about why. Let's just fucking do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man of Steel was, I, I tried watching that too. And I'm like, the first 10 minutes, I'm like, this is too much. I can't do it. Oh, I'm, yeah, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big, yeah, I'm, I'm a big. I was, you know, Christopher Reeves. I was totally into that, that, uh, you know, uh, series when I was growing up and, but if I were yeah. you and you get, do you have HBO max by chance? I don't believe so. If you do and you can watch the Snyder cut, that's some good Batman in that. I mean, it's top grade bad flag for sure. It's, it's very it good. And it also has all the Batman, the animated series. And I kind of brought that up too, because kind of harken back to me being younger. I was really, I, I, I don't want to admit it, but it is true that I love Batman and Robin. And I thought Mr. Freeze was cool. I didn't, I don't, as a 30 year old, I'm like, yeah, no, this shit's really fucking lame and it's kind of hard to watch. But as a kid, I was like, every ice pun I thought was great. I was like, get it. It's night. Like I was like, the, again, to bring a family guy, like the guy who's always like, Oh, it's funny. Cause he's made of ice. Oh, <laughs> Like, that was me as a kid, just like, oh, it's supposed to be nice to meet you, but he said ice to meet you. Oh, <laughs> I fucking love that. Chill, because <laughs> he's made of wise. Right. It will, oh, here's what I, I will give, um, you know, uh, was it Batman Forever or Batman and Robin? I think it was Batman Forever. The soundtrack, I think both those actually were fantastic soundtracks. I'm not sure if you are familiar with them at all or not. Oh yeah. Um, like, uh, Seal, Kiss from a Rose, um. That's what I was gonna say. I have a total Pavlov in my own brain of that where I hear, and my brain just goes, Batman! Batman forever! <laughs> I, 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 I like that. I think R. Kelly was on one of them. Um, yeah, I mean, as goofy as they were, and I mean, I still watched them. I remember being on vacation in North Carolina with my, one of my best friends, and I was eighth grade, I think it was. Um, just uh, that trip was synonymous with uh, Batman and the soundtrack. And um, what what was cool for me for like Batman in general was just like there's there's different points in my life um, when the like the new quote unquote new Batmans were like. You had Batman with Michael Keaton, then you had um, Batman with Val Kilmer, then you had Batman with Christian Bale. Like they were all almost like very pivotal points of my life. Like I was, you know, for regular Batman, I was young. I was like, you know, like I said, like uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it was. Then the next series, I was in junior high, and then the next series, I was uh, early college. So like they were all like really. Um, big growing points of, of my life, um, and significant points in my life. So it, 
it's just kind of cool to, you know, look at it that way where, you know, different, you know, different, you know, uh, actors play different roles and, um, I was at different points in my life and it's kind of, it's probably not cool to anybody else, but I, I think it's kind of neat. Oh, dude, you're talking to the king of that. I can't agree with you more. I remember almost, almost as if it was yesterday, myself, Roy, who's been on the show and Joe went to Lowe's theater in Mountainside, New Jersey, sat in the first three seats on the second row in the third shelving, if that makes sense. So it's like a thing of seat, seat. So we were fucking close is what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Right. And just sitting like this. The audience can't see, but I'm crunched and looking up and not giving a fuck because I was like, <laughs> this is awesome for Batman Begins. I'm sorry if I didn't make myself clear on that one for the first Chris Nolan one. I feel like I launched right into the middle of that story. Let me come back around to the beginning of me and my three friends, me and my two friends saw Batman Begins and that shit. I remember that. I remember that time in my life and. Yeah, I feel exactly what you were saying with that sentiment of like they were pivotal times of this character taking over. Funny story that, you you know, you mentioned that you were uh, in the front, almost the front row um, and not caring. I think it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, I bring this up to my wife to this day. We just started dating. And when we first started dating, my wife had no concept of time or being on time for anything or um, she'll probably come in for saying this if she hears this, but like, um, respecting, like we were meeting people at the theater to see, I want to say it was 2008. So whatever Batman that was, it was still Christian Bale, but, um, we were meeting people in the theater and she was just taking her sweet ass time getting ready. And I'm like, we need to get there early because this is going to sell out. So not only did I not want to like not get a ticket, I also didn't want to sit in the front. I wanted to see this movie like middle section or even in the higher, but no. So we're like the one of the last people in the theater, first fucking row. Again, people can't see what I'm doing, but uh, yeah, like just neck, you know, crunched up, uh, terrible, terrible. Still to this day, rag on her for that. She's much better. <laughs> she's, she's much better. She's always on time. Um, but yeah, I just remember that just being terrible. That would have been then the dark night. So yes. the Heath Ledger Joker yep. one. That's the one. Yep. And for that one, shout out to my dad, big game James. We went to the Liberty science center where they have an auditorium. That's a sphere and they play IMAX movies that takes over a little bit less than 360. I don't, I don't know. 280 a number less than whatever. And those seats are meant for like fifth graders on a fucking trip to go watch a 10 minute thing about the ocean or some shit. So that was a long movie. Maybe it was actually Rises. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to jump one more movie and it was The Dark Knight Rises because now I'm thinking about Anne Hathaway. That's how it was. Yes. Anyway, still the same story. And the fact of for that movie, which I think is like two hours plus, we were in seats like this fucking big, but it was... <laughs> dope you know the seating was intense but we were in such a great spot that i swear it was literally like this so if you think of ann hathaway on the bike like the back tire was all the way over here yep and then it stretched all the way here and it was it was worth sitting like that for the longest time yeah and you had to like literally like look back and forth to see the entire screen it's like yeah i don't know i mean 
you're a you're a trooper, but for me, I'm, I guess I was a, a snob at that point. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> but I had someone to blame too, like, you know. But whatever. I saw that movie more than once. I saw it here before I even lived here, before I even worked at Cinemark. I was here. I saw. I came out here to visit my sister, who's lived here much longer than I, and we went there. And I always think that's funny. One more quick second. I'm sorry to jump back to the Liberty Science Center, but we walked out. And anybody's spoilers for The Dark Knight Rises right now. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, at the very end, goes to pick up shit. And this whole time, they've been calling him Blake, Officer Blake, Detective Blake. Maybe they even say John. And he goes to pick up this shit from this lady. And she's like, oh, you like, I like your, I like your real name. It's Robin. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell by my snide intro into the story, I fucking hate that. I really honestly hate that. Why'd you have to like, cause I'm a huge Robin fan. I love Dick Grayson. I was about to say I'm a huge Dick fan. And then I was like, nope, get yourself. <laughs> you don't say those words, but I love Dick Grayson. It's true. I'm sorry. Somebody yeah. on the internet can rip that so well, but for them to kind of fuck a Dick Grayson, a Jason Todd, a, any of them, a Tim Drake, even out of that kind of upset, whatever. But I'm saying this very argument to my dad as we're walking. And this lady is just like, Batman needs his Robin. Of course, they're going to put Robin in the movie. And I was like, OK, <laughs> sorry, that, that just popped in out of nowhere. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Now, out of all of them, we have to I think we mentioned all of them. Shout out to Adam West. But the Batman movie with him, I'm not talking about today. It is what it is for its time. I'm just, I don't, it's, it's, it, it is where it is. Can you live with that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. So we are talking about Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian Bale. And right now we can't talk about Battinson, but we could still bring up Bat Fleck, but you haven't really seen him. So we're just going to go for the ones before that. Okay. We're going to go through Keaton through Nolan verse, which is Jesus. My names are just bad. Keaton through, I'm doing it again. What the fuck is that Batman's name? <laughs> Christian Bale. Fuck me. <laughs> Keaton through Bale. My God. That's what we're going to try to go through. So who is your favorite Batman of those bunches? Who do you think plays the best Batman? So for me, best Batman, I, ha I have to stick with Michael Keaton. Just because that was like, not the introduction to Batman, but like that was like, for like, we talked about Adam West in that series, like, but that's like different. So for me, I have to start with Michael Keaton, and uh, that, was my, that was my favorite Batman. I mean, not that like he looks like he could be, he could be more Batman by any means, just like, but it was it was more. Um, I can't say realistic because it's not none of it's realistic, but I'm just gonna say Michael Keaton. A lot of me wants to say Val Kilmer for this one. When we opened his movie, Two Faces got a guy trapped in a vault and they're going to fill it with acid. They're going to pull it from the bank by a helicopter. And Batman, of course, stops this. And the way he does this is he shoots a batarang or a bat clip, whatever the fuck, one of the toys that he has, and cuts the chain. And the safe with the harness that he put in swings perfectly back into place and a lot of people will say that's corny but to me it's like nah batman could do that fucking physics like that dude like it was pretty good and again i can't i'm sorry to keep harping on it but that was my introduction to batman 
So there are stupid lines in that one, like chicks dig the car. And I'm just like, all right, calm the fuck down now. As Bill, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. now as a man, I'm like, all right, Val. But like little moments like that where they're like, that's stupid and impossible. I'm like, it's a guy in a suit. Like, let's stretch a little bit. And like that type of stretching is good. I, I like the math of that scene of him. And I do believe Batman would look at it and be like 45 degree angle. And then I got to just do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I think too, like the early ones, like the, maybe this is my age talking, but like the, the Batmobile was just more simplistic. Um, yeah, shot fire out of the back, but like the, the shield when it came up, it was just very like simple and just kind of encased the whole thing. Um, even the, the, the hell would you call it? Not a plane, but a, I don't know what to call it. Yeah, he flew it through the sewer or whatever, I think, in the first or second one. Um, I don't know. It was just more like, again, I can't, I can't say realistic. I, I want to keep saying realistic, but like none of it's rounded realistic. almost might. I don't know. It just, it was just more, it was simple. It was, it was more, maybe it's, it's more realistic than the others, but like you get the, the Christian Bale stuff and, um, like the Batmobile, like really wasn't even a Batmobile. It was just like more of a tank. Um, I don't know. It just, I just remember being a kid and just like, I remember playing little, little matchbox Batmobile cars. And then that was just, uh, that's where it all started, I guess, for me. That's a great segue. If you don't mind really quick, like Batman merchandise is everywhere. They've been putting Batman on everything. And I had so many Batman toys, so many figures that, never would do what they did in the the shows like i'd have lava tech batman where he can dip into volcanoes or like on the ice cap batman you know on the flip side of that and i all the time i was watching batman the animated series like it's time it's the volcano episode it's fucking coming guys and he never fought a volcano but they sold a shit ton of toys with the movies too i definitely had a george clooney Bat plane. So in that one, he flies the plane and then it gets shot. No, maybe this was forever. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. This was a Batman forever. So this is a Val Kilmer bat plane and he flies it and it gets shot down and it hits the water and he just pops off the wings and all of a sudden it's submarine. I had that fucking toy. Do you remember? Um, and this all comes back to the, the plane. I keep calling it a plane. It wasn't a plane, but. When the Joker was using the uh, the parade balloons to gas the city, and then Batman came in and he clipped all the balloons and took them up. Um, at one point, I remember this specifically because the way the shape of this plane, if you call it a plane, was he went straight up into the sky, filled the moon with like the bat signal image, and then came back down. That was like amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of the Tim Burton stuff that doesn't jive with comics. But in terms of looking, it looks fucking good. And that scene alone is one of those ones where I'm like, don't say anything bad. You can't. Not only that, but Danny Elfman, the composer of that, like that's Batman's theme. You -hmm. can't get away from that fucking song. And like when you hear it, you're just like, Batman. Batman's here. And I think what also kind of makes me like not turned off by any means, but... Uh, those, those two in the mid nineties, uh, you had Val Kilmer and you had George Clooney. 
it was almost like I like the fact that Michael Keaton had two. And then after those, you know, those mid 90 ones, he had Christian Bale, you know, doing what the three of them. It was kind of like a, uh, like a story almost as opposed to like these two that are kind of goofy and like you have Val Kilmer and you can't really like fall in love with him because he doesn't, he's just, you know, one and done. And then George Clooney, one and done. So it's kind of like, eh, you, you don't, you don't get a chance to really like fall in love with the character. Agreed. Yeah. They were both directed by Joel Schumacher. And from what I've heard on even more reports than this Batman, Val Kilmer is a dick. So I just think that he was just like, no, I'm not doing it. And George Clooney was up and coming. And isn't that weird to think George Clooney was up and coming, but he was just starting off in ER and shit like that. And he's like, I'll do it. Yeah. So I mean, it, it is because the thing that tied them all together, the thing that made it okay for me as a kid was the butler. I can't pull his name. I know respectfully he has passed. So rest in peace. Good sir. But the guy who played Alfred, played him from all of those until they replaced him eventually with Michael Caine for the Nolan series. Right. But that, that for me as a kid, I didn't care that they kept changing Batman. Cause to me, I remember too asking my dad, he's like, yeah, it's kind of like James Bond. Like it's the same guy. It's just a different actor now. I was like, all right, <laughs> I don't, okay. I'm six. I don't get what that means, but it like, it, it didn't matter who was underneath the fucking cowl. I just needed the ears. Right. I got you. One last thing with the toy. I'm sorry, but they're going to make a, Batman the Animated Series Grappling Gun Replica. I'm going to have to buy that. It looks really awesome. It's coming from Entertainment Earth. No, it doesn't support your weight. It just looks really cool. And it's just going to be another object in my menagerie upstairs of props that, if they really existed, they'd be dope, but they're just toys. Yeah. I was thinking about that, dude. If all the props in my room could actually turn into what they are, I could rule the entire world. It could probably start an army. Yeah, I've got Thor's hammer. I've got a lightsaber. I can morph into a Power Ranger. It's fucking crazy up there. You know, it's funny. A, uh, what's it called? Sorry, a, a proton pack. I could fight ghosts. Oh, dude, I used to have a proton pack when I was young. You know, the first proton pack um, with the foam. Um, I don't know how, what kind of you have, or if you were even aware of uh, this one that I'm talking about, but it's blue. It was blue. Um, yeah, and it had and, like a noodle uh, that came out to make the shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember that was like my prized possession. I was huge. I know we're talking about Batman, but uh, I was a huge Peter Venkman fan. And uh, I had that. And like, I remember like, I don't know if I was acting up or whatever, but like that was one thing my parents took from me that like was devastating. Like, you know, like, oh, you just lost your proton pack. I'm like, no. <laughs> Rest assured, there's always room for Ghostbusters and Bill Murray on this show. Endless amounts of room. We could start a brand new episode about Ghostbusters now, and I'd keep the whole thing. Especially after that new trailer. Did you see that? They just released it. They just, yeah, they just released it. So good. So good. Who do you think is the person who answers the phone at the end saying we're closed? It's Ray. It's, it says his, his name out on the front. It's Ray's oh, does it? Score. Yeah. See, I didn't, I see, I didn't pay attention to that. I didn't see that. I heard, um, Dan Aykroyd's voice. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah, Ray stands. Dan Aykroyd. I don't know why I'm thinking of Egon. Jesus Christ. So I was now, right. Who do you think Egon hooked up with to have this baby and this grandkid? I thought it was, uh, what's her face? 
that's what I went to first was what her face, Annie yeah. Potts. But yes. and my friend was like, no, she was with Rick Moranis in that movie. And I was she like, was. that was a good call because I, too, had forgotten that. But she did hit on him. And he was like, I collect mold, mildew, mogul, mold and yeah. fungus or something. Yep. But exactly. she tried, so who knows? Rick Moranis might have gone away. And maybe, yeah. Maybe he got punched be. in the he mouth in New York City. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe he got punched in the mouth in New York City. And she's like, ah, can't be with this pussy. Or what if they all suffered from ED, right? And she goes walking around grabbing all their crotches, looking for a hard <laughs> dick, and she does, and she goes, <laughs> we got one! In that annoying voice. Thank you. Yes, that's my stand-up for the week. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Thank you very much. I'd also like to thank you for joining me, man. This has been so much fun. I can't again, sir, say how much I appreciate your time. I know all time is very valuable. You choosing to come here and be on my show is just an amazing, amazing thing for you to do. I thank you very much. It's been great. Really good conversation. You dropped a lot of facts. I, again, I'm going to say it, but I can't say it enough. Thank you very much, Popco, for coming out and being on my silly little podcast. Dude, now when you when you put out the uh, the message to the universe and you said you want to do a crossover episode, I was like, hell yeah. I haven't seen talked to Nick in a long time. I've always liked your insight uh, of the, the comic book world and the, the, I'll, I'll call it nerd stuff. It's not an insult by any means. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a great time. I appreciate you uh, taking me up on the offer. Absolutely, and hopefully we'll go down the road. Like you said, we're crossing over. We'll figure that out. Have you back here? There's endless opportunities because this was this was easy, dude. This was a lot of fun. It was super easy. Thank you again. Thank you to everybody out there for listening. If you haven't already, if you can hit the like and the subscribe and all those fun internet things, you know how they work. It would be very very appreciated. But if not, if you could just do the word of mouth, tell a friend, please, because we have a friend who likes Buds Bros the superheroes. I got a fucking show for you. My name has been Nick James. Today I've been joined with the legendary. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but uh, thank you. Popco. Popco. Johnny Popco. This has been Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, and we are out of here. See ya. <laughs>